Welcome to Harmony Christian Church Podcast. For more information about us, visit HarmonyChurchFamily.org. All right. Are you thankful for the Lord's sweet presence? Um, that can even be communicated across the online platform. Um, I don't know how it was in your home there, but I know here I just sense the presence of the Lord so strongly, and, and so I'm so thankful for that. Um, welcome uh, to the youth room. So we thought it'd be really fun to set up shop here in the youth room this morning, uh, a little bit more of an intimate feel, and we get to represent Ignite a little bit this morning. So uh, we have a little bit of a crew here. I know you guys can't see. Maybe I'll take a picture and post it on social media later. Um, but we have a whole table set up full of a bunch of really fun computer stuff and everything. And uh, Ryan and Gail and Abel and Silas are here helping us uh, this morning. Uh, Cameron's got his big old earmuffs on right now, listening in, trying to get the sound right. Um, obviously, you saw Paul and Amber here as well. So we got a nice little crew here helping us out this morning. Uh, so it's, it's I'm very thankful uh, for people who know what they're doing and can, uh, can come and help. So. All right, well, let's go ahead and just pray this morning. Jesus, God, once again, I'm so thankful for your presence. I'm so thankful that your anointing, God, is not confined to a building. And Jesus, I just pray that that anointing would just envelop every house this morning. God, that peace would be in every house this morning. That joy would be in every house this morning, Jesus. God, that your presence, God, would just be felt in every person this morning, Lord. God, I just pray, Lord, as we... Uh, as we bring the word, Lord, that your word would come uh, as a double-edged sword, Father, that it would pierce our hearts, Lord Jesus. God, that this morning we would have revelation of your love and your goodness for us. God, we honor you today in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm going to try to do this thing today sitting down, so we'll see how that goes for us. Um, I'm kind of a sloucher too, so I'm going to really try to sit up nice and tall and straight. Um, but we'll see how that goes for me as well. Um, so a few weeks ago, I started uh, talking to you about a word that I had been hearing uh, a couple weeks prior. Uh, and the word I was hearing was the holy man. It was really a phrase that I was hearing, the holy man. And um, I, I talked uh, a few weeks ago about the difference between pretenders and holy men. And so we, we, we kind of mentioned all of those things. I want to continue that talk a little bit this morning. Uh, and talk about the holy man, but this time I want to talk about what it looks like to be unoffended, to be able to walk through life without taking offense. And so, um, once again, I wrote a little something here on that. I'm going to read that to you. I sa it says, The holy man does not allow himself to be offended. Instead, he takes any insult or charge against his character as an opportunity for self examination to see if there is any blind spot where unrighteousness was given permission to live. If after taking it before God in prayer, he determines that no error is found, then he turns in compassion to the one who accused and offers forgiveness and mercy. He doesn't allow misunderstandings or wounds spoken from another person or words spoken from another person's wounds to imprison him. Instead, he lives free and unoffended. He turns offense into holiness and accusation into validation. Um, so I want to talk to you again this morning about the holy man and how the holy man lives his life unoffended. The first thing I want to tell you is that the emotion of offense is a liar. The emotion of offense 
is a liar. That that feeling that you feel when you feel offended is actually a lie. And let me, let me show you why. Um, offense, what offense does, offense tries to tell you that, the, that your value is determined by what other people think or say about you. Okay, let me say that one more time. Offense tries to tell you that your value is determined by what other people say or think about you. For um, offense happens when you feel that another person's words have come along and devalued you. So, so they come along and they say a word or their action is, it causes something inside of you to say that they don't value me. Therefore, this emotion of offense rises up inside of me, okay? And, and that emotion, once again, is a lie. It's, they're not, they're, they're, they, the other person cannot devalue you. Let me just say it that way. Their va your value is not determined by what they do or their actions towards you. As a son and child of God, your value comes straight from what he says and what he thinks about you. So when that emotion comes on you that they've devalued you and therefore you are offended, it is actually a lie. It's not a, it's, it may be a real emotion, but it's caused, it's spurred on by a lie and not the truth. So for, for example, let me give you an example that we can all relate to. I know Paul especially can relate to this example. Say, say somebody comes up to Paul, uh, or, or let's say you come up to Paul, and uh, you're, you're unhappy with the style of music worship has been, right? You, you're maybe one that would rather sing more hymns or you're one that would rather just get away from hymns altogether and sing certain songs, certain contemporary songs that you've heard. And, uh, and so you come up and you approach Paul and you tell him, hey, this is what I really think we should do in worship. And Paul lovingly looks at you and says, no, we're good. <laughs> you know, we're, we're going to continue doing what we're doing because Paul, uh, and I know this because I've sat under his leadership in worship for so many years, uh, and he's my father-in-law, that helps too. Uh, but I know that he's seeking the Lord on what songs to do every Sunday morning, that they're not just picked out of a random pile. So he's seeking the Lord. And so you may come to him with a, with a uh, suggestion, but he's going to take that suggestion and, 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 um, and put it against what the Holy, not put it against, that's not the right word. He's going to uh, determine whether or, not, whether, whether or not the Holy Spirit is the one leading that direction. And if he determines that it's not, what happens a lot of times is that person takes that, that reaction as offensive because you feel like your opinion was devalued. You feel like you... You, uh, what you had suggested went in one year and out the other. And in your mind, that is the best route. But in his mind, there's maybe a different leading. And because of that, you determine that, that, that he uh, devalues your opinion and you become offended by that. And sadly, there's been people, not necessarily here at Harmony, but there's been people in the church at large in the American church that I've gotten so offended by something as little as a song suggestion that they get offended and therefore they build a case up against the worship leader of the church or whoever has offended them and it ends up causing just destruction. And so this is kind of one, just one example of what offense can look like. It's that your opinion or your, you feel like you have been devalued and therefore the emotion of offense rises up and you build a case against the other person. Offense is rooted in the fact that you believe that the opinion 
uh, of the other person has devalued you. Okay, so that's what offense looks like. Offense is caused by one of two things inside of you, and this is what we're going to predominantly talk about this morning. Offense is caused by one of two things. Number one, you are offended because what they had said or the action they had done to you has revealed a wound inside of you that either A, you didn't realize was there, or B, you didn't want exposed. Okay? So it's, it's not that what they were saying was wrong. In fact, most of the time when that's the case, what they're saying is actually true, but it touched something inside of you that you didn't want touched. It, it brought some emotions up that you didn't want brought up, and therefore you feel offended at their comment because they touched a place that you didn't want touched or they exposed something that you didn't want exposed. So that's one way. We're going to get into that here in just a second. The other thing uh, that causes offense is when you don't have a solid um, view of yourself. When uh, your value is determined by what other people say about you rather than by what the Lord says and that your confidence is low or your confidence is in other people's thoughts or opinions about you, okay? So those are, those are what I believe are the two main causes of offense. It's either A, they've touched a wound, or B, you don't have enough confidence in who you are to overlook the words that they are speaking about you and realize who you are in the Lord and then be able to overlook that offense. And so let's go ahead and get into those two things a little bit this morning. I want to read you uh, a verse out of Matthew chapter 15, uh, starting in verse 1. So this is out of the Passion Translation. It says, Then the Pharisees and religious scholars came from Jerusalem and approached Jesus with this question. Why do your disciples ignore the traditions of the elders? For example, they don't ceremonially wash their hands before they eat bread. This scripture right here is proof that the Pharisees are part of the CDC, right? They were mad at Jesus because he didn't wash their hands. That was a joke. I'm sorry if you were offended by that joke. <laughs> yeah, so, so anyways, so the Pharisees were mad at Jesus because they were breaking the Pharisees' tradition of washing their hands before their meal, which I, I encourage you to do so. Wash your hands. That's a good practice to have. But the Pharisees were offended at Jesus because of this. Here's what's amazing to me about this passage. When you look back at the previous passage, you see Jesus doing several things. Number one, uh, Jesus, and uh, the passages before, Jesus just fed 5,000 people with five loaves and two fish. Crazy miracle happened publicly in front of everybody. Everybody would have known about this miracle. Feeds the 5,000 5, people, five loaves and two fish. After that, he then uh, goes and, and the story where the disciples are out on the boat and the storm comes and Jesus comes out walking on the water to the disciples. So he walks on the water. He gets on the boat. As soon as he gets on the boat, he then calms the storm with his word. And, and then he ends up on the other side of the shore and uh, encounters the Pharisees with this. So Jesus did all these incredibly amazing miracles, mind-blowing public miracles. He gets to the other side, and the one thing the Pharisees have to say to him is not, wow, Jesus, this is amazing, you must be the Messiah. No, the thing they say to him is, Jesus, 
your disciples don't wash their hands before they eat. This is the picture of offense. That they were so offended, their offense so blinded them that they were unable to see the Messiah standing right in front of them because he didn't follow their man-made rules. Their rule, and, it, and let's see, that, that, the rule of washing your hands before the meal, again, it's a great practice, but it's not a law that God had given. It's a law that the Pharisees had written in into the Torah and they, and because Jesus' disciples were breaking the law, they became so offended, they couldn't see the Messiah standing right in front of them. That's what offense does, though. Offense blinds you to what God is doing. Offense, offense causes you to not be able to see what's happening right in front of you. And I refuse to be so offended that I miss what God is doing. I refuse to become so offended by the culture around me, by maybe decisions made within the church, decisions made within the church here at Harmony and in the church abroad. I refuse to become so offended by all of those things that I miss what God is doing in the midst of it. I think some of us have become so offended by what's happened politically, what's happening uh, by, by major players in the United States, we've become so offended by all of it that we're gonna, that I'm afraid if we stay in that place of offense, then what's gonna happen is we're gonna miss what I believe is gonna be the greatest revival in human history right in front of us. We cannot allow ourselves to be offended. The holy man does not allow himself to be offended. Amen? So the Pharisees become offended. And Jesus answered them and he said, why do you ignore the commandments of God because of your traditions? For, for didn't God say, honor your father and mother and whoever abuses or insults his father or mother must be put to death. But you teach that it is permissible to say to your parents when they are in financial need, whatever gift you would have received from me, I can keep for myself since I dedicated it as an offering to God. This doesn't honor your father and mother and you have elevated your tradition above the words of God, frauds and hypocrites. Isaiah described you perfectly when he said, these people honor me only with their words, for their hearts are very distant from me. They, present, they pretend to worship me, but their worship is nothing more than empty traditions of men. Um, so basically Jesus puts, puts it to them there and, and tells them, that, yeah, I may be breaking your man-made law, but you've been breaking the law of God this entire time. There's a whole nother message within those sentences right there. So I'm going to do my best uh, to not take a rabbit trail here. And uh, I'm going to skip over those. Just know that Jesus here is correcting their offense. And, and or really, he's correcting, um, he's correcting their offense. And what that does is, again, it's touching a wound inside of them, right? So they're... they're their wound inside of them there. Jesus is touching it. And then uh, Jesus, then it says, turned to the crowd and said, come and listen and open your hearts to understand. What truly contaminates a person is not what he puts into his mouth, but what comes out of his mouth. That's what makes people defiled. That's what makes people defiled. And, and that verse there just proves that Jesus approves of mask wearing. I, <laughs> 
I'm doing my absolute best here to offend somebody <laughs> so I can test your spirit. So, so Jesus says, it's not what you goes in, but what it comes out of your mouth that defiles you. <laughs> so then, so he, he explains all that, but here's, here's the interesting part. It says, then his disciples approached him and said, don't you know that what you just said offended the Pharisees? Like Jesus, do you realize that you were a little bit mean to the Pharisees? <laughs> like they took great offense to your words. Maybe Jesus, is there another way you could have, could have said that? Another a way you maybe could have softened the blow? Jesus, do you realize that, uh, that you had offended the Pharisees? Right? Here's my question though. Was Jesus's words true? Was Jesus's words to the Pharisees truth? The obvious answer is absolutely they were true. Everything that Jesus said to the Pharisees was absolutely true. So the question then comes, why were the Pharisees offended? It wasn't because Jesus was wrong or Jesus was bringing some kind of accusation against them that wasn't true. They were offended at the truth, which tells me once again, that there was a wound inside of them. There was something inside of them that they did not want to be revealed. It was their disobedience. It was their pride that they didn't want revealed that Jesus called out in them by speaking the truth. And because of that, it caused a deep offense to, to, uh, to cause, or it caused them a deep offense at what Jesus had said. The first thing we need to do when we feel the emotion of offense is this. We need to turn inward and ask ourselves the question, what is causing the offense, right? We have to, when we feel that emotion of offense, we have to turn inward and we have to ask ourselves, why am I offended? Am I offended because something they said wasn't true and I feel like it, it's bashing my character? Or am I offended because what they said was absolutely true and I just don't want to admit it? I don't want that exposed. I don't want that place that I've hidden to be exposed. And because of that, I, I, am, I have an offense. So the first thing we need to ask ourselves is what is causing the offense? So there's a really perfect story about this in, uh, in 2 Samuel chapter 16, where David had just uh, lost the throne to his son, Absalom. So David is, is out wandering, uh, wandering in Israel because Absalom has come in and overtaken the throne. And so David is out wandering with, with his faithful few. Uh, and as he's, as he's walking along the path, there's a gentleman by the name of Shimei. I think that's how you say it. Shimmy that comes out or Shimmy. Or we're going to go with Shimmy because that's cool. So Shimmy comes out and begins cursing David as David and his men are walking along. So this, again, is found in 2 Samuel chapter 16. So he begins cursing and hauling insult after insult at David uh, as they're walking along. And, and uh, David's boy, uh, Abshai, I think is how you pronounce his name, Ab Abshai, who is David's right-hand man, the, the leader of his army, is walking beside him. And, and he, he tells David, he says, hey, that man does not need to be hauling insults at the king, the rightful king. He said, I'm going to go up and take his head off. 
right? And literally, this is Old Testament. So he wasn't saying like he's going to knock him out. He's saying he's literally going to go up there and chop the dude's head off for calling him names. So welcome to the Old Testament, right? So he's, he's marched on his way up there and David stops Abshvi, Absh, Ab, we'll call him Big A. David stops Big A, the leader of his guard, and says, hold on. He said, he said before we act on this, I'm, I'm, I'm paraphrasing what David's saying here. He said, maybe there's an element of truth to what Shimei or Shimi is saying. Maybe there's an element of truth to what he's saying. And he said, I'm, I don't want to do anything to stop him because maybe it's actually the Lord working through him to reveal something in me. Again, I'm paraphrasing here, but in a, in a, in a way, that's, that's what David is saying. He said, don't, don't take out Shimei because he might be the Lord's, uh, the Lord's um, voice to call out something inside of me that is wrong. And so they go on the road. And as they continue down the road, Shimei continues following him hurling the insights at, at da- insults at David and David allows all of it and David processes it internally, right? So once again, when we become offended, the first thing we've got to do is turn inward and decide whether or not if there's an element of truth to whatever the person is saying. Is there any truth? If the Pharisees would have done that with Jesus, if instead of being offended at his word, when he called out their hypocrisy, if they would have turned inwardly and said, maybe there's some truth to what he's saying, then maybe things would have looked different for the Pharisees. Maybe they wouldn't have missed the the Messiah standing right in front of them. Here's what offense does. Eventually, offense will lead to your destruction and the destruction of others. Okay? Excuse me. Eventually, offense will lead to your own destruction and the destruction of others. And that's exactly what it did with the Pharisees. That because of their offense, they were unable to see Jesus properly. And it led to their own destruction, and it led them to lead others to crucifying the Messiah because of their offense. So your offense will eventually lead to your destruction and the destruction of others. Have you ever noticed this about offense as well? Offense actually attracts other people with the same offense that you have. Let me say it again. Offense attracts offense. Have you ever noticed in a church that if somebody becomes offended by maybe the pastor and the leadership, that it doesn't take long before they find two or three other people that carry the same offense. And what happens is, is those people, because of their wounds, they attract each other and they begin, uh, they begin causing their own offense to build to a place where it causes destruction first for themselves. And then eventually it can even cause destruction within the church body. Or you can apply that even at, at the workplace or wherever you're at within your family. Eventually, offense attracts other offense. It always grows if it's not dealt with. And it always brings destruction to yourself and to the others around you. So that's why it's important, once again, to look inwardly and see if the offense is actually caused by a wound. Maybe they're telling the truth and you just don't like to hear it. So that's one way of offense. The second way we become offended. Let's say you take that offense, you turn inwardly 
to determine whether or not there is any truth to the person, uh, what the person is speaking. And after you've done your self-examination, you've took it before the Lord, and you've, you've found that there is no error, there is no truth to their statement, then what you do is you realize that because there is no truth to that statement, that you are not devalued by that statement, but rather you find your value and your, your um, acceptance in what he says about you. And when you do that, you don't become offended by what you say. Instead, you turn around in compassion and mercy because you realize that the offense uh, was not really against you, but maybe it's a wound inside the other person. And so that causes you then to turn around and to forgive and have compassion. So let me show you what that looks like uh, in scripture. Uh, go back to the story of David in 2 Samuel chapter uh, uh, 19 and verse 18 through 23. Thank you for that. Hmm. I wasn't sure I was going to make it. <laughs> so let's look in uh, 2 Samuel chapter 19 again. And verse 18, so it's, it's continuing on this story of David and Shimei. And so uh, a lot happened in between those verses. David ends up coming back and to the throne. Absalom is overtaken. Uh, David is sitting on the throne once again. And Shimei is shimmying in his seat. We'll just say it that way. Shimei is scared because he had just insulted the king over and over again and caused cursing and cursed the king. And now he didn't realize that David was going to be back on the throne. So now Shimei is scared for his life. And it says in, in second Samuel chapter 19, it says that Shimei comes before the king and he humbly bows before the king, the king and uh, ask for forgiveness. Once again, big a uh, David's right-hand man there pulls his sword out and he says, we ain't forgiving this guy. He was hauling insults and curses at the king. And, and like, just like good old ben a, Big A, he uh, is wanting to cut off some heads again. He's, he's really excited about cutting off some heads. So he says, David, we're going to cut this guy's head off. And I love what David's response is. David's, David, basically he says, he says, I'm not going to do anything to shimmy. I'm not going to, I'm not going to sacrifice him. I'm not going to do anything to Shimmy. And here's what, here's what David says. He says, do I not know that I am king today? He says, do I not know that I am king today? And basically what David is saying here is, I don't need to justify my position. I don't need Shimmy to say, to recognize my kinghood anymore. I don't need to justify the insults that were, that were sent at me because I know who I am. I know now that those insults were not true, that the curse was not true, that Shimmy was yelling. And I know that I am the rightful king. Therefore, I don't need to take vin uh, vindication out on the person who was offending me. 
And, that, and that's the key. So when you do the self-examination and you realize that what the other person's saying was not true, what you then do is realize your value and who you are as a son and daughter of God. And you don't turn around and try to vindicate yourself because there's no need to vindicate yourself because nothing they said was true. You are a son and daughter of God. And because of what they said was not true, there's no reason to vindicate yourself. Instead, you turn around in compassion you turn around with mercy and forgiveness and offer that to the person who offended you. And when you do that, the wound inside of them that caused them to hurl the insult then can, is a given permission to heal. The wound inside of them is given permission to heal because you didn't turn around and vindicate yourself. You turned around and you forgave and you had compassion and mercy and love. And obviously Jesus is our greatest example in all of this. Jesus is our greatest example in all of this. It says in first Peter chapter two, verse 23, it says when he was verbally abused, he did not return with an insult. When he suffered, he would not threaten retaliation. Jesus faithfully entrusted himself into the hands of God who judges righteously. So even while Jesus was being spit on, even while he was being lied about by the Pharisees and the people there, even when he was hanging on the cross, unjustifiably hanging on the cross, dying a death that he did not deserve, what did Jesus do? He looked out in the crowd of all of the people who had offended him with insults, who had physically beaten him and tortured him. And he said, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. Jesus was so confident in who he was. He didn't need their approval. He didn't need their, uh, their words of encouragement. He didn't need them to, see, they, he didn't even need them to see who he was. That he knew so well who he was that their insults just fell off of his back. Their insults rolled off of his back. Their, their, even their, their physical abuse towards him did not cause him to be offended. But instead, he was so confident in who he was that he turned around and forgave the one who offended him. And so once again, this is what you do with offense. This is what the holy man does with offense. He first examines himself. Is there anything inside of me that, that uh, is, is wounded, that maybe their, their words hurt me because it's truth and I just don't want to hear the truth. And when you do that, then you give yourself the opportunity to fix unrighteousness. It's just like David says in the Psalms. He says, God, search me. If there's anything wicked in me, pull it out so that I may be holy and blameless before you. That it's an opportunity, that offense is an opportunity to find any unrighteous thing dwelling inside of you and to make it right before the Lord, to heal that wound. And after that self-examination, if you determine that you're, there's no truth to what they're saying, that, that there's no wound there, there's no, uh, there's no truth in their statement, then you realize who you are in the Lord. You let that offense roll off your back and you turn and you offer compassion and forgiveness to the person who has offended you and you allow their wounds to be hurt, to be healed by your compassion and your forgiveness.
I'm going to read my statement one more time that I, that I wrote up here at the top. The holy man does not allow himself to be offended. Instead, he takes any insult or charge against his character as an opportunity for self-examination to see if there's any blind spot where unrighteousness was given permission to live. If after taking it before God in prayer, he determines that no error is found, then he turns in compassion to the one who accused and offers forgiveness and mercy. He doesn't allow misunderstandings or words spoken from another person's wounds to imprison him. Instead, he lives free and unoffended. He turns offense into holiness and accusation into validation. Amen. Let me pray with you. Jesus, I just pray right now that you would uncover the lie of offense. If there's anybody watching on live stream this morning that has, has, is dealing with that emotion of being offended, God, I pray that you would just give them the grace to look internally this morning. God, that you would, uh, that you would highlight any area in them that may be broken, that may be wounded, uh, that may, may be just an area of unrighteousness. Father, that you would highlight those areas, God, and that once those areas, just, just like we talked about in uh, the first, uh, the holy man, that when we bring those things to the light, when, when hidden sin or hidden wounds or whatever it may be, whenever those things are brought into the light, that's when you're able to come in and bring healing and restoration to those things. So Father, I pray, Lord, that if anybody is dealing with that area of offense, God, that you would highlight those areas inside of them. God, that they may be exposed so that now you can come in and bring healing to those areas. In Jesus' name. God, I pray, Lord, for those who may have that feeling of offense, but the there's no truth in the accusation. God, I pray that their identity would be found in you, Jesus. God, that their revelation of us being your sons and daughters would be so ingrained in them. God, that they would be people who are unoffended, who do not walk around with offense, who do not walk around with, with wanting to justify themselves and who they are to other people. But Father, instead, they would be people who would turn around in compassion and love and in mercy to the one who offended them. God, I, I thank you, Jesus, that you were unoffended. And because you were unoffended, we have the grace then to be just like you and to walk unoffended in this world. God, I thank you for that. God, I thank you that offense has no place in any of our hearts. And because of that, we are clear to see and to hear what you are speaking and what you are saying. God, we thank you for that. We bless you today, Jesus. We honor you for healing our hearts this morning. In the name of Jesus, amen. Amen. All right. Well, thank you all so much for joining us on live stream today. Uh, I know it's not, not anywhere near the same as being in person together, um, but we're going to get back to that next week, uh, pending that we don't have another blizzard. Uh, but uh, we, we love you all so much. I, go out, I encourage you, go out and enjoy the day. I know we're going to be building snowmen. We're going to be probably getting the truck out in the parking lot. You know, all kinds of fun stuff. Uh, so enjoy the snow while it lasts. Uh, we love you all. We'll see you next week. God bless.